did you talk from your butt when you were a kid to, to impress your friends like I did? If so, we have the movie for you. We're doing 1994's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Here's Johnny. Go ahead. Make my day. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm 37. Like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bob, when you're at work, do people say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No. Not Shit, at all. no. God. I reckon you get your ass kicked for saying something like that. Terrible. Office space. <laughs> I'm your host, Jay. I'm Bob. <clears throat> and we're doing Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Episode three. Three. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Period. It's one of the most quotable movies ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's we got a lot of quotes. No to comment it. on it? Come on, Bob. No, chime right in. No no comment on it. Come on, Bob. <laughs> you like that sound bite? That's really good. So being that it was nineteen ninety four, we're gonna tell you what was good back then. Price of gas back then, if you Google it, it says $1.11. I remember it as 99 cents. Yeah, I don't remember it being over a dollar then. Why don't you take the first three, Bob, then I'll go after that. Uh, the Forrest Gump was the most popular film. The Chamber was the best-selling fiction book. And uh, Seinfeld was NBC's top show. Uh, Friends came out in 1994 uh, on NBC. You didn't like Friends? No. That, that show aged terribly. That show's good. Uh, a loaf of white bread cost $1.99 for a five-pound bag, and one pound of 80% ground beef was $1.39. Holy shit. Schindler's List won the Oscar for Best Picture, and uh, Frasier won the Emmy for Most Outstanding Comedy Series. The World Series was canceled. Yes, it was. Because of the strike. That was uh, that was sad. The strike, because uh, I'm pretty sure the Expos were going were gonna to win it that yes. year. They were an absolute powerhouse. They had a stack team. Stack team. Uh, f- uh, foods that were good. Beefaroni, chicken Caesar salad. This is like... This is just stuff. This is just, just all subjective. Food in hell. Elio's pizza, disgusting. Gordon's fish sticks, delicious. Hawaiian punch, hot pocket. Want a Hot Pocket Mini-Me? Juicy Juice Lunchables and Melody Pops? What I remember Melody Pops. They had this, they had a, it was a candy, and they drilled holes in it, and you used to play it like a oh, flute. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And yes, they yes. tasted terrible, though. They yeah. weren't good tasting. They were just a novelty that it was had a, a flute. It was a, it, was a, it was a toy that eventually got sticky. It <laughs> got everywhere. Uh, with that said, let's hit that trailer. Incredible odds and unbeatable enemies. 
to earn the name Hero. But now there's a new way to spell action. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura, pet detective. He's the best there is. Excuse me, gentlemen. Pet detective. Actually, he's the only one there is. You really love animals, don't you? If it gets cold enough. Now, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins has been kidnapped. Oh, righty then. And he's on the case of a lifetime. Listen, pet dick. How would you like me to make your life a living hell? Well, I'm not really ready for a relationship, Lois. There's no place he won't go. Captain's log, Stardate 23.9. Ace, get out of the tank. I just can't do it, Captain. I didn't have the power. Nothing he won't do. Anything to embarrass me in front of camp. What? Like this? Hi, Captain Steubing. Because when this pet detective gets the scent. Where's Dan Marino? Hi, I'm Dan Marino. Marino, why? Because he's about to join Snowflake. He'll follow it anywhere. Here's Snowflake. Jim Carrey is. Ventura, pet detective. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. 1994's Ace Ventura, pet detective. It starred Jim Carrey, Courtney Cox, Sean Young, Tone Luke, with uh, appearances from Dan Marino and Troy Evans. So, I have a question for you about the the casting of Lieutenant Einhorn and Melissa. Yeah. No spoilers, but do you think um, Courtney Cox wasn't cast as the lieutenant for a reason? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Too controversial, maybe? I think she was coming to be a big star at that point, right? Her her star was on the rise. Her last name specifically. Yeah, I know. All right. But there's no way they were going to have her be (laughs) anything other than a second lead. Right. All right, let's get into this movie. Uh, it starts off with Ace disguised as an HDS package delivery guy. Which is like UPS upside down. Yeah, that's all it is. It's genius. Uh, the movie opens in slow motion, then quickly comes out of slow motion. And we get going here. So he's got a, a package, right? And he's walking up and down. He's walking down the street, going to an apartment building. Slamming it against everything. Jumping on it. Uh, he throws it against the wall. There's a cartwheel on it. And there's a guy sitting on the steps of the apartment building drinking a 40. Probably Colt 45 or St. Ides. Oh, of course. Because that's what was cheap back then. I've had St. Ides. It's absolutely friggin' gross. He goes up to the said guy and says, Heads up, good defense, good defense. As he spins around the guy up to the top of the stairs. He then tosses it down the stairs and goes, hmm. He goes and picks it up, blows off the dirt, and gives it a couple shakes. Whatever's in there is clearly obliterated. Right? Ace then goes into an elevator and holds the package so the doors 
completely continue to destroy this package. Uh, he finally gets to the top, to the top floor. He gets out of the elevator and he starts to throw the package. He kicks it. He plays soccer with it and then says, "We're going downtown." He punts the box and it lands right in front of the door that he is going to visit. Ace knocks on the door and this uh, gruff-looking man answers the door, played by Randall Tex Cobb. You might know him from Raising Arizona. He's the crazy biker guy. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but for me, that's how I know him. He answers and says, what do you want? Ace responds with, HDS, sir, and how are you doing this afternoon? All righty then. I have a package for you. Guy says, it sounds broken. Most likely. But I'll bet it was something nice. He gives the guy an insurance form to fill out and then says to the guy, that's a cute dog. Do you mind if I pet it? I don't give a rat's ass. Ace goes down to the dog and does this thing, which I still do to this very day. Who's the booby? Who's the booby dooby? <laughs> He's talking to the dog. Ace says, that's good, and he can finish filling him out. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Ace leaves, and as he's walking away, briskly, he pulls down his shirt, revealing the dog. He's kidnapped the dog. I don't know that could have been the guy's dog. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. So back in the apartment, we see a small dog sitting by the door. And by the way, the dog that he put there sitting by the door is too close to the door. It would have been hit. So they closed it and then put it there afterwards. Oh, yeah. It would have been impossible. So the guy yells at it to get away from the door. When there's no response, Gruff gets up and grabs it. And we hear a squeak. What's the matter with you? I said get. <laughs> He turns it around and we see that it's just a stuffed animal with a business card on it saying, you've been had by Ace Ventura. Ah. Gruff gets pissed, throws it down, and cut to Ace saying, that was a close one, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, in every contest, there must be a loser. Me who? Me her. Ace then gets to his piece of shit car and says to the dog, hungry fella. He pulls out this ridiculous ashtray, which rises up to the dog's face, filled with fresh kibble. There you go. Ace then tries to start the car, but it won't start. Ace says that it gets flooded. We'll just wait a second. Then Ace sees the guy uh, in his mirror. As he smashes the back windshield, Ace says, Oh, we can try it now. The guy destroys this entire car. Oh, yeah. With a baseball bat. That's not like this classic car wasn't already a piece of crap. Yeah. But he just beats the hell out of it. He finally gets it going. It's a lie! It's a lie! Ace then drives to the dog's owner's house, and it's a big-breasted lady played by model Rebecca Ferrati. She picks up the dog and asks, Did Daddy hurt you? She thanks Ace and asks how she can repay him. He responds with, Well, a reward would be nice. There was some damage to my car. It's a high-performance machine, so I had to fill it with premium. <laughs> the sexy woman then kisses Ace and asks him if he would like her to take off his pants. Ace says, Gee, let me think. Um, sure. We then hear a zip, and she goes down as Ace grabs the top of the door jam and starts swinging around as he says, You people are real friendly around here. Yeah, I laughed at that. That was really funny. I, I thought I thought, <laughs> I thought he was going to go flying. They were, he was really swinging hard back and forth. Nothing like a, a blowjob scene to open up your PG-13 movie. movie. But who knows what could that be? It's PG-13 movie. That's why it's off screen. <laughs> Yes, and Dan Aykroyd was not getting blown by a ghost in Ghostbusters. That was a dream. <laughs> now we're at Dolphin Stadium at night, and we see the Dolphins mascot Snowflake swimming in an above-ground pool. Joe Robbie Stadium. 
Yeah. Uh, we see masculine hands wearing a big championship ring put their hands on the pool as this person tries to hold the dolphin steady with the ring hand, but Snowflake thrashes about, causing the ring to slam against the side of the pool. But keep in mind, masculine hands. Masculine hands. With a ring. That gets, mm-hmm. Then two other guys inject the dolphin with something knocking it out as they lift the fish out of the tank and into a white truck. That's a mammal, Jay. Uh, it's parked on the grass football field, and as it drives off, did you hear uh, the, the the tires squeal? Yes. On the grass? Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> that, that would not happen. That would not have happened. Ace returns home with a bag of groceries and then sneaks past his landlord, who's sitting in the office watching TV, holding a palm tree branch. When he gets past him, he drops the branch into a pile of identical branches. Yeah, that was a fun. That's a nice sight gag there. So clearly, he does this a lot. So just as Ace starts to unlock his his door, he hears a voice behind him say, "Ventura." Ace responds with, "Yes, Satan." Turns around and goes, "Oh, sorry, you sounded like someone else." The landlord, uh, Mister Shikadance, it's Mark Margolis, and it was uh, Breaking Bad. Yes, it was Breaking Bad. But he and was, Scarface. Yes, but he was in Better Call Saul. Okay, that, that makes sense. He wants his rent. Ace says that he's working a big case right now, and he pulls out a reward flyer for a lost albino pigeon worth 25 big ones. And when he catches it, he says, you're paid. Chickadan says that he heard animals in there. Ace tells him that he never brings his work home with him, and he wants to have uh, Mr. Chickadan snoop around. Hey, go ahead. Take a look. Ace uh, warns his, uh, his fellow animals by doing this. He warns them. They all hide. There's no nothing to be seen. Until, oh, yeah. you, until you go by the, the fridge scene and there's a doggy door on the fridge. Yeah. But before that, uh, the landlord, because he's carrying a bag of groceries of all, all animal, animal food. food. He's like, what's all the animal food for? Fiber. <laughs> so the landlord goes inside to have a snoop and a sniff. But all's clear. He says, just don't let me catch you with any animals in here. He says, take care now, bye-bye, then slams the door right in his face with about an inch away from his nose. Ace then whistles, and all the animals come running out. We have birds, a skunk, penguins, coming out of the icebox with a flat bonnet, like Bob just said. An otter comes out of the toilet, a monkey from a bread box, and a guana from the dresser as they go to Ace. And the squirrel out of a That's thing right. of nuts. Yes. As he takes a bended knee with his arms out covered in animals, he then makes a made a majestic sound like this. Now we're in the office of the Miami Dolphins team owner, Riddle, played by Noble Willingham. And he says to Roger Pedactor, played by Troy Evans, how do you lose a 500-pound fish? Sitting next to him is Melissa. And she says, that is not a fish, it's a mammal. Well, thank you, Mrs. Jacques Cousteau. Riddle goes on to say that he doesn't care about this damn fish. Filet and fast food it all you want. All I care about is winning the Super Bowl. Dun, dun, dun. Which is being played at their home stadium. Which is not how how the Super Bowl works. Riddle talks about how these players are so superstitious. As Roger hides his rabbit foot keychain. He's got a quarterback that puts his socks on backwards. Has since high school. He's got a linebacker that hasn't washed his jockstrap in seven years because he thinks flies are lucky. Oh, God. That's gross. Riddle says, find a fish. 
or find new jobs. So Melissa and Roger leave, and they're talking in the hall, and Roger wants to blame the animal activists. He says that Snowflake lives better than they do. Then Melissa goes up to the main secretary, played by Judy Clayton, and she says that when she lost her cuddles, she hired a pet detective. Which Roger replies, Ah, what? Melissa says that they should leave this to the professionals. Martha goes on to say that he was quite good. Pet detection is a very involved, highly scientific process. Judy Clayton, also in another movie starring uh, Jim Carrey. What's that? The Truman Show. I thought that was a good movie. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Cut to Ace on a roof and about to nab his albino pigeon. He leaps for it, but the pigeon moves as Ace slides down and off a two-story building and into a dumpster. That'll break your fall. Yes. Just then, his pager buzzes. Hello, 90s. And he's off. Ace speeds his Ford POS to a parking lot and skids into a parking spot, which Ace rightly says, what's it? Like a glove. Ace is escorted by Martha into Melissa's office, and she asks him if he had any trouble getting in. Ace says no. The guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. <laughs> Melissa apologizes and says, it's Super Bowl weekend. Get over it. Yeah, Super Bowl security was not that bad back in the 90s. Yeah. Melissa then pops in a tape of Snowflake doing some training exercises as the dolphin kicks a field goal. Ace seems to be impressed by this as he continues to eat sunflower seeds and spit the shells all over the desk. It's disgusting. It's really disgusting. Melissa asks him if he would like an ashtray. He says, no, I don't smoke. It's a disgusting habit. Now we are at the Dolphins practice and Melissa is bringing Roger to Snowflake's tank. But on the way, Ace notices some tire marks on the field and immediately IDs them as a four-wheel drive van loaded from the rear. Melissa then introduces Ace to Roger, who says that he came highly recommended by Martha Matz. Oh yeah, the bitch! Pekingese, lost in the Highland Park area. She was half dead when I found her. Ace then goes to Snowflake's tank, which has been drained, and he climbs in. He says, if I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. Another quotable line that I freaking still use. Ace hops in the tank, and he does his classic Star Trek impersonation. He did a couple of them there. Oh, yeah. As he takes off his sunglasses and pretends that they are some sort of communication device. Stargate log 23.9. Rounded to the nearest decimal point. We've traveled back in time to save an ancient species from total annihilation. So far, no signs of aquatic life, but I'm going to find it. If I have to tear this universe another black hole, I'll find it. I've got to, mister. Making references to Star Trek V, The Voyage <laughs> Home, where they saved whales in order to save the future. Yeah. <laughs> what a whack movie so that was. Crazy. Ace then drops to a hole near the bottom and puts his face right up to it. And while this is going on, reporters start to arrive and Roger goes to head them off. Melissa tells Ace, get out of the pool! But he doesn't. He doesn't listen and says to the hole, I just can't do it, Captain! I don't have the power! It's like I rolled my... My teaser. Melissa continues to try to get Ace to leave, but he responds with, For God's sakes, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a pool man. So the reporters are there to talk about Snowflake, but obviously Snowflake is not there. So Ace jumps out of the tank and says, Hey, I gotta get a shot of his new trick for the evening news. What, is he sick? I'll be getting this work done with all the shouting. What for is the shouting? Who the hell is that? That's a... Uh... Heinz gets velvet! 
I am trainer of dolphins. You want to talk to the dolphin? You talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I'm with Siegfried. We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger, and the stuffing in the pants, and I'm gone. Where is Snowflake? Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? To train the dolphin, you must think like the dolphin. You must be getting inside the dolphin's head and communicating. I'm saying to Snowflake, and he is saying, and he is up on the tail. And you can quote him. Now, um, that wasn't in the original movie. No. When it was shown in theaters, that was actually cut out. And it was used as a device to get people to buy the home video because it said, add extra scenes as not seen in the movie. Guilty. Actually, when I streamed this movie, this was not on there. Yep. I have the VHS and I have the DVD, both of which have that scene. Then Ace goes to the pool's filter and he finds some kind of stone or gem that's from a ring. Ace then goes to the police station to see his buddy Emilio for some info, but he gets cut off by Detective Aguado who says... Hey, Ventura, make any good collars lately, or were they leashes? Everybody laughs at that stupid, not funny joke. Aguado then sees a cockroach and squishes it with his foot and says, Hey, Ventura, look, homicide. Now, how are you going to solve that? Good question, Aguado. First, I'd establish the motive. In this case, the killer saw the size of the bug's dick and became insanely jealous. Ah! Then I'd lose 30 pounds, pork in his wife. Aguado takes a swing at Ace, but Ace counters and brings him face down to the squished bug and says, now kiss and make up. Then Ace goes up to Emilio and talks to him from his ass. Ace says, excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Emilio says that he doesn't have time for this. Ace says he needs to know who's working Snowflake's case. Emilio eventually says, Aguado. And Ace asks more questions about, you know, any news in the tank. He's like, nah, we got nothing. Ace responds with, thank you for your cooperation. By the way, do you have a mint or perhaps some binaca? Hey, didn't he used to do that on In Living Color? I think that's where that starts, yeah. So Einhorn comes in, uh, Ace is still talking through his ass, and sings, Asshole mia, inside mia, whoop. When Ace sees Einhorn, he says, Holy testicle Tuesday. Einhorn says that she knows that Ace is working a snowflake case. She says they'll call him when they find the porpoise. Ace responds with this. You see, nobody's missing a porpoise. It's a dolphin that's been taken. The common harbor porpoise has an abrupt snout, pointed teeth, and a triangular thoracic fin, while the bottlenose dolphin, or Terciops truncatus, has an elongated beak, round cone-shaped teeth, and a serrated dorsal appendage. <laughs> I'm sure you already knew that. That's what turns me on about you. Your attention to detail. Yeah. Einhorst says, listen, pet dick, how would you like me to make your life a living hell? Ace says, well, I'm not really ready for a relationship, Lois, but thank you for asking. Ace then starts to leave, but turns around and says, hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. Your number is still 911? Alrighty then. Now Ace gets to a club, and playing on stage is the death metal band Cannibal Corpse. No. 
They're Co- good. I like Cannibal Corpse. I mean, the, the vocals are whatever it is, but the music's awesome. Oh, the music's really good. So Ace asks some guy who is headbanging if, if Greg is here, but the guy ignores him and keeps banging. Ace walks through the mosh pit and gets tossed over to a uh, stairwell where there are a bunch of band flyers posted all over the wall, Bob. The only one I was able to identify was a porno for Pyro's pick of their 1993 debut album cover. That's pretty good. Ace goes up to a door and knocks, and a voice says, What's the password? New England clam chowder. <laughs> then he says, the voice says, Is that the red or the white? I can never remember that. White. Yes. The door yeah, opens. totally guesses. The door opens. Ace is greeted by his friend Woodstock, played by Rainer Shine. It's clever. Yes. I see what you did there. He's the guy from My Cousin Vinny, Bob. The guy with the, the dirty screen. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. What are all these things? Trees. What are all these hundreds of things on them? Leaves. <laughs> uh, who then refers to Ace as St. Francis. And I looked it up. St. Francis is the patron saint of ecologists. Okay. All right. Cool. St. Francis of Assisi. Sure. So Woody is monitoring a shipping fleet, and he sends them bogus coordinates and then says, they'll find Jimmy Hoffa before they find any humpback whales. Ace responds with gravy. Ace asks him if he can hack into all the aquatic supply stores to see if any equipment has been purchased big enough to house a dolphin. Woody says, of course he can. He pulls up a picture of Ronald Camp, the billionaire. And Woodstock says that he purchased a lot of equipment, too much for a civilian. Okay. Turns out that camp is a rare fish click. Woodstock says that right there is the face of the enemy. Ace finds out that camp gave uh, the dolphins the land that the new stadium is built on. So th- there's your ties in with the with the team. And uh, Woodstock says that he's throwing himself another I'm the richest man in the, in the universe party. Well, if you've got the money, might as well use it. Right. Ace then says, look like it's time for me to get myself a date. I'm going to take a sip of this beer real quick. Yeah, tonight we're drinking Sam Adams Oktoberfest. It is Oktoberfest, after all. Oh, happy fall, everybody. Summer is gone. Thank God. I hate summer. It was a, Dude, this was one of the hottest summers that I can remember. That we oh, had. It, was, it was a brutally hot summer. Crushed most lawns, which is why it's hard to run an aerator right now, because everyone and their mother's doing it. So next, we cut to Ace and Melissa at Ronald Camp's party. She says, don't do anything to embarrass her. Ace goes, what, like this? And he starts making funny faces, acting like a bird. They ring the bell, and a bald old man who looks like the captain of the love boat answers the door. Captain Stubing. He says, Hi, hello, Captain Stubing. How are Gopher and Doc? Permission to come aboard, sir. It salutes him. Yes. It's so funny. It's good. Ace then salutes him and barks at him. Now inside, Ron Camp introduces himself. He seems very pleased to see Melissa. Very pleased. Of course. He wants that. He wants the cocks. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) As he kisses her hand, Melissa then introduces Ace as a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Well, does he have a name or should I call him lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) Who? I'm sorry. This is Ace. um, Tom Ace. Tom Ace. Tom Ace. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Camp. And congratulations on all your success. You smell terrific. I was just telling Melissa, one of the first lessons we learned back at Stanford Law was the modern proliferation of food poisoning claims against wealthy private homeowners. In fact, if one were so inclined, one could make quite a lucrative law practice with little else. (laughs) How is everybody feeling tonight? 
Very, very well. Thank you. So they walk over to the food table, and while they walk past the orchestra, Ace pulls the arm of the uh, guy playing the cello, causing him to make a loud screech. Yeah, I heard that was uh, that was an ad lib. He did that as that he was, was going. That was improvised. That was really Absolutely. good. Absolutely. The guy doesn't even react. So well done, both both parts. Ace then makes a face at a guy at the, at the food table and then asks Camp where the bathroom is and says, "I think it's the pate." Ah. Stuff probably looks better on the way out, huh? huh? Ace then excuses himself and goes into the bathroom. As he looks to, he finds a window. And he opens it. He jumps outside. The door is straight ahead. But he decides to hop over the railing, scooch up to the wall, pretend he almost fell off, and he, and he opens the door. Oh yeah, he's really playing it up. So, <clears throat> he enters into a room that has a giant tank with a catwalk going over the top of it with a bucket of fish for feeding whatever's in there. Ace is convinced it's Snowflake, grabs a fish and says... Here's Snowflake. Here's Snowflake. But it's not Snowflake. It's a goddamn great white. Bruce is back for another show, Bob. Back-to-back appearances on the Flick Magnet podcast. By a great white jerk. Oh, that was not planned. Happy coincidence. Ace falls into the tank, and he gets yanked around, screaming, It's not Snowflake! It's not Snowflake! Kind of like the opening kill scene in Jaws, too. He was also uh, yanked around harder than that woman in the beginning of this movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Outside the bathroom door, Camp is showing Melissa some of his fish. He tells her that no matter what is going on in my life, I can always watch them swim and be totally at peace. Now a line is starting to form as Camp seems worried that Tom hasn't come out yet. Ace then comes out soaked and his pants are shredded to pieces. He then says the famous line, Do not go in there! Woo! He then smacks his chest pocket and water squirts everywhere and on an old couple standing right behind him. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Ace and Melissa leave out the front door and Camp is very apologetic and says that he's going to get that plumbing checked out immediately. Ace says, be sure that you do. If I had been drinking from that toilet, I might have been killed. <laughs> Camp then shakes Ace's hand. Ace kisses it. And when he does, Ace sees Camp's ring and holds onto, it, onto his arm so he can get a better look at it. Eventually, the ring falls to the ground and Camp grabs it and walks away. Melissa's pissed. As they walk back to the car. What did you think of that whole scene? That was a, It was pretty funny. It was not bad. Well done. Back at Melissa's place, Ace tells her that the pebble that she claims he found is not a pebble. It's a rare triangular cut orange amber. He then tells her that tonight he saw the exact same stone in Cam's ring. Ace then goes over to a bookcase, takes a Dolphins yearbook, and opens to a page that has a picture of the Dolphins 1984 AFC Championship ring. Ace says that when he finds the ring with the missing stone... He'll find Snowflake. And that brings us to a montage. That's of Ace tracking down everyone that was on that team and trying to get a look at their ring. Or old school Aerosmith. Yes, this is a great song. First one we see uh, Ace drive up to a guy and says, hey, loser, why don't you learn how to drive, pal? As Ace swerves his car back and forth, the guy gives him the finger, and Ace pulls out a pair of binoculars. It's not the ring. Ace then tries to keep up running with a big old jacked guy on the track, but he just he, he can't keep up. 
These are all former Miami Dolphins. Too. Yes. This guy is fit as hell. Then one of the coaches is putting mail into a mailbox. Not just any coach. That's Don Shula. That's right. But Ace is in there with a, a lighter and a monocule as he grabs his hand. Not the ring. Next, Ace is at an arm wrestling match with a fake beard on. He, he checks the ring. It's not the ring. And then tries to beat this guy. <laughs> the guy wins wins, and sends Ace flying across the room, crashing through a table. Ace crosses another face off the team picture. Ace goes back to the guy running on the track, but the, now Ace is running pretty fast. He catches up to him, but the guy takes off. Now we're in a multi-shower room, and Ace takes a towel and whips the guy. You know, he, he yeah, twists the towel up and snaps it. Makes a rat tail. A rat tail. So he whips him in the ass and then leans forward, and the guy punches him in the forehead, leaving an impression of the ring. It's not the ring. Then Ace dresses up like a pimply-faced teenager, fanboy, at an autograph signing. Then Ace is standing next to a, a guy at a urinal, tries to sneak a peek, but the guy looks over at Ace while he's doing it. He's like, hmm. Oh, how yeah. You, how you doing? Huh? <laughs> the guy smiles. Ace zips up and leaves. Then the guy prances. Prances off at behind him. him. <laughs> so things in the movies you can't do nowadays. Oh, it's hilarious. I don't care. Now we are back at the running track, and this time Ace has a bottle of chloroform. Anorak. He jumps on the guy's back, knocks him out. As they both fall to the ground, Ace is finally able to check the guy's ring. It's not the ring. That's everyone on the team picture. Now they are back at Melissa's, sitting outside, and Ace looks defeated. Melissa says that the stone could have come from anywhere. Ace says that it came from an 84 AFC Championship ring. Melissa says that Einhorn thinks that it may be an animal rights group called Fan. Ever hear of them? Ace responds in a dickish tone. Free animal now, started by Chelsea Gamble, daughter of industrious Fisher Gamble. Over half a million members worldwide? No. Who are they? Ace then asks her, uh... What do you feed your dog? She gets frustrated and says, dog food, why? Ace says that the dog's miserable. He's just very unhappy. I feel sorry for him. Bad diet, isolated environment. It's amazing he's still alive. And Melissa says that Ace is just upset that his stupid little pebble theory didn't work out. And that he doesn't know how to express his anger. Ace says, oh yeah? And you're ugly. <laughs> she tells Ace to leave and says, why? So you can be him? Fatty! The phone rings, and Melissa tells Ace that hiring him was the biggest mistake she's ever made. Ace says, well, why don't you cry about it? Saddlebags! She walks away to answer the phone. Ace tells the dog, like her. Yeah, she's pretty good. He gets up. He gets serious. He calls her name, Melissa. He's about to apologize. So uh, then they find out Predactor killed himself. Committed suicide. Jumped off the building. Well, speaking of jumping off the building, someone just did that recently. At Ocean County College. No, like in New York at a... He was, oh, the CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as he announced that they were closing like 100 more stores, he took a header out he of his sp- building. Oh, he was like 53. He was young. Yep. And then someone tried to do it at Ocean County College. What? what, what what's that? The, the Ocean County College down the road. Down it's a big there. building with windows. That's not yeah. important right now. She, she, uh, this, this woman jumped off a five-story building. She survived. 
Oh boy, what's the backstory? Do you know anything? I don't know any of the backstory. I just know that she jumped. How? Oh man, how fucked up are you gonna be after you jump five stories and then you survive? You're gonna be in traction for a while, right? Yeah. It's the old fashioned where you're you're all you're all the way bandaged up like a mummy and you got your foot up. I mean, what do you think she's thinking? That right? You know, when she comes through after she comes out of all that pain meds she's on, should have found a higher building. Now we are in Predactor's apartment and Ace is there. Trying to blend in, he hears what's going on, like the old lady from across the hall tell the police that she heard a scream. Ace picks up a dog and checks his paws. Then the dog starts barking at Einhorn. Ace says, so, animals can sense evil. Einhorn says that this is police business and she'll let him know if the coroner finds a tick. Ace says he gets it. I wouldn't want someone tracing my steps, pointing out all my mistakes I was making. He then goes to the balcony and takes a look at the railing. Einhorn follows and says, What, you don't think it was a suicide? Ace says that there's plenty of evidence to support that theory if it wasn't for that blood on the railing. He then says that Roger Predactor went out and had a few drinks. He then came home, but he wasn't alone. There was a struggle. He was thrown over the balcony. He says Roger Predactor didn't commit suicide. He was murdered. Einhorn says that that's an interesting theory, but... Us real detectives have to worry about a little thing called evidence. Then Aguado chimes in and he says that he just heard a toilet flush. Maybe somebody lost a turtle. Who the fuck flushes a turtle down a toilet? You dumb idiot. Yeah, seriously. That's probably going to clog your toilet. If we were going to like start a thing where like who deserves to get punched in the face during these movies we're doing, it's Aguado. Oh yeah, he uh, he needs to be punched in the face. As the whole room laughs at that stupid... Ugh. Ace then says that, I guess I'm out of my league here. He tells Einhorn, good job, and goes to shake her hand, but does the old fake out. He goes to leave, but he, ha- he has one more thing to add. Here we go, this iconic scene. Oh, there is just one more thing, Lieutenant. This woman is Roger Padactor's neighbor. She lives across the hall. She said she heard a scream. Is that right, ma'am? Right. And you said you had to open the balcony door when you keyed into the room? That's true. You're certain you had to open this door? Yeah, I'm certain. What's the point, Ventura? Only this. There's no way that neighbor could have heard Pedactor scream on the way down with that door shut. The scream she heard came from inside this apartment before he was thrown over the balcony and the murderer closed the door before he left. Oh, I guess it cut off. Anyway, he says, uh, I have exorcised the demons. This house is clear. So, Poltergeist reference? He he misquotes it, though. Oh, yeah. She says uh, clean, right? Or he says clean, you know, whatever. So Ironhorn shouts at him, get him out of here. Ace calls everyone losers. Then uh, we go back to Melissa's office, and they're going through some papers looking for receipts. Melissa tells Ace that that was impressive, what he just did, and asks him why he's not a cop. Ace says that he doesn't do humans. She says, you really love animals. Ace says, if it gets cold enough. And asks (laughs) Melissa, a little bestiality joke there. Went over like a fart in church. He asked Melissa if she wants to hear something spooky. She says, sure. Okay, Ace goes on to tell her. Hang on, I need some music for this part. Some music here. Yeah, give us some music. Let's hear some music, Jay. 
What do you got for us? How's that? Ooh, nice. That's good. So, he tells her a story about a dream he had when he was 12. And he was being followed by a big dog with rabies. He had bloodshot eyes and foam was coming out of his mouth. And no matter how fast he ran, he just kept gaining on him and gaining on him and gaining on him. And just before he got to his front door, he jumped and sank his teeth into the back of his neck. That's when he woke up and felt the back of his neck. He turns to Melissa so she can see the back of his neck. And when she goes to look, he goes, That's a nice trick. <laughs> oh, God almighty. That's funny. He says, you really want to know why I do what I do? Melissa says, I'm not so sure anymore. He says, you better be sure. Because once you get inside my head, there's no turning back, baby. They then gaze lovingly into each other's eyes as Ace then spots another team picture and says, who the hell is that? Melissa tells him, that's Ray Finkel. He asks why he's not in the picture he has, which she says that Ray Finkel didn't join until mid-season. The picture he had was taken earlier. She tells Ace that he was the kicker that cost the Dolphins the Super Bowl. And yes, he would still get a ring. They look at some uh, microfiche of some old headlines. Ace asks her where he is now. She tells him the last she heard, he went back home. Ace then tells her that she shouldn't be left alone tonight. She asks him if he has any suggestions as to what they should do. The fact that all the animals are watching. Yeah. Sorry, that's never happened to me before. I must be tired. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm ready again. Yes, <laughs> he does it for a fourth time. Now Ace is off to Ray Finkel's childhood home in Collier County. Ace drives past a sign that says, Welcome to Collier County, the home of Ray Stinkle. Yeah. Huh? So Ace gets to the house and knocks on the door, which has like an old-fashioned like slot. Like a uh, speakeasy, like who who's there? Hey, let me in, Chief. Yeah, no. Yeah, you you would see it in any sort of like, what's the password sort of situations, right? So the <clears throat> the slot opens and a double barrel shotgun gets uh, pointed at Ace. Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and the clean pair of shorts. The dad says, "What do you know about Ray Finkel?" Ace responds. <laughs> Soccer-style kicker, graduated from Clear High, June 1976. Stetson University honors his graduate 1980. Holds two NCAA Division I records for one, one for most points in a season, one for distance. Former nickname, the Mule, the first and only pro athlete to ever come out of Collier County. And one hell of a model American. Yes, the father, Bill Zuckert. He was a character actor back in the 60s. He was a 
quite frequent on uh, Days of Our Lives, Mod Squad. Ooh, Mod Squad. I think he was on Bonanza as well. <coughs> I just completely ruined my voice on that one. So the dad lets him in. And uh, Ace asks his mom if she expects her son home soon. She says, any minute. Then Ace acts like a, a giant fanboy. He says, this is my Graceland. <laughs> the, the mom, who is the... The library. Brian in Ghostbusters, yep. who sees the ghost at the beginning of the movie. That's right. Same person. Uh, and he can't believe that he's in Ray Finkel's house. Dad then tells Ace that Ray's not coming home. He says that she expects him home any minute. Dad basically calls his wife crazy and then tells yeah. Ace that... There's... Yeah, there's the cars on, but nobody's behind the exactly. wheel. Exactly. Their son escaped from uh, Shady Acres Mental Hospital in Tampa eight years ago. Mom comes out and says, it's all Dan Marino's fault. Everyone knows that. If he had held the ball, laces out like he's supposed to, Ray would never have missed that kick. Dan Marino should die of gonorrhea in rotten hell. That's so funny. <laughs> she then gives Ace a little football cookie. And uh, Ace goes, ooh, little footballs. And the mom says, laces out. <laughs> now up in Ray's room, it's littered with die, Dan, die. Laces out. Yeah, there's there's stuffed dolls of Dan Marino with knives in it. There's oh, it's 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 a dartboard. There's a classic dartboard with darts in it with a picture. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it, psychos live there. Yes, absolutely. All right, so they play the video of the missed kick. Want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Five seconds to go here in Super Bowl 17. Dolphins trailing the 49ers by one. This will win the game for Miami. There's the snap. Marino holds the kick. And it's wide. Oh, no, it's no good. Ray Finkel blew a 26-yard field goal. I don't believe it. The Dolphins lose. The Dolphins lose. The Dolphins lose the Super Bowl. 26 yards. That's close. Yeah. Yo, why don't we talk about the real Super Bowl that they actually were in? The Giants and the Bills? Yeah, that was later on. But this this actually ha- game actually happened. San Francisco versus Miami in the Super Bowl. San Francisco won 38-16. to they, they killed the Dolphins. Yeah. And the footage they were using was actually from 1984. It was of Dolphins kicker Erwin Van Schumann. Right. And uh, he actually made three field goals at an extra point in that game. But... <clears throat> the Giants Bills, I think it was eighty six. That was Scott Norwood. That was I watched that game. Yeah. That was six years later. To win that's that very that, scenario. That was to win the game, yeah. And uh if you go back and you look at it, the kicker held the laces wrong. So when Son he kicked when he kicked it, it actually shanked the kick. After that season, the Bills uh, waved Norwood. He returned to Nor uh, to his home in Virginia and he completely disappeared off the map. Wow. So that, that's based on that, it looks like, this movie. No? Oh, uh, no. That happened afterwards. Now, this movie came out first. Oh. This, um, this, this Super Bowl was, what year was that? No, I'm saying the, it's based on the 86, the Giants and the Bills? No, the Giants and the Bills happened in the 90s. What? Yeah, the Giants and the Bills, that game was, what year was that game? I'm thinking 86, the Mets win the World Series. God damn yeah, it. the Mets won the World Series is 86. This Super Bowl was, uh, what year was that? It was 91. I was going to say 91. So, yeah, so, yeah, it was. it's crazy. 
It's crazy. That actual that yeah, this scenario was based on that. But it was ba- but the game that they talked about happened years before. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. I feel, but, bad, I feel bad for shit that like like the Bill Buckners and Oh yeah. of the world, you know. Right through his legs, Bill Buckner. Speaking of which, Mets are in the playoffs. Yes. So after that, Ace then calls Melissa from a payphone and tells tells her that he's in Psychoville and Finkel's the mayor. He tells her to locate Dan Marino and to call the police to get extra security. We cut to Marino filming an isotoner, isotoner glove commercial as two large men dressed like Dolphin players pick up Dan and take him away. Just as the cops get there. Dan says, what is this, a rewrite? (laughs) Ace arrives as they're trying to get away. So he goes after them and he runs over two officers in the process. The thugs start shooting at Ace. Uh, Ace catches a bullet with his teeth. Yeah, it was pretty good. The last time I saw that was a movie called Super Fuzz. It's a cop. He catches a bullet with his teeth. That's a 80s movie. I watched a magician do it once. That was interesting. Nice. The bullet was already in his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was on that show, Secrets of the yep. of the Magician. How'd they do that? Ace flips his car as the bad guys get away. Now, Einhorn is back in her office with Ventura waiting for her. She tells him to be gone by the time she comes out of the bathroom. And when she goes to pee, let's just say the stream is strong with this one. The stream is strong with this one. Oh, God. Ace tells her that he solved the Snowflake Merino case. He says to her, ever heard of a former dolphin kicker named Ray Finkel? She immediately comes out of the bathroom to hear him out. Ace fills uh, her in on all the evidence he's collected. He tells her that he's seen Ray's bedroom. Cozy if you're Hanwell Lecter. She asks about Pedactor. Ace says he was probably snooping around and recognized him. As far as Snowflake goes, he saw Snowflake kick a field goal with his number 10 jersey number, and that pissed him off, referring to Finkel. She asks where Finkel is now. Ace tells her that he broke out of a mental institution and has been plotting his revenge for years, waiting for the best time to get back at the Dolphins. Super Bowl time. She tells him that he's done some good detective work and then starts making out with Ace. This fucking chick just plants her mouth on people like it's it's her job. Oh, yeah. Ace says, uh, your gun is digging into my hip. Ace stops it and says that she just doesn't do it for him. He goes, down boy! Clearly he has a boner and is turned on by her. Clearly she does it for him. She tells him, when we find Marino, we'll deliver Snowflake. Uh, He says, and when I find Snowflake, I'll deliver Marino. And he leaves. Next we have Melissa and Ace at Shady Acres with Ace in disguise as her former football player, mentally ill brother. They are there to find and go through Ray Finkel's stuff. See if they can find out. The uh, the name of the mental hospital it was Shady Acres. Uh, mm-hmm. The the name of the director is Tom Shadick. Shadiak. Shadiak. That's where they got the inspiration for the name of the asylum from. Nice. That's good shit. So Melissa is talking to the doctor as he introduces her brother Larry. Uh, Ace has his hair messed up and is wearing a tutu. <laughs> he looks really, really funny right here. Uh, Larry says, I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. Asen says he's going to execute a button hook pattern in super slow-mo. <laughs> 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 
Now the doctor is showing less of the grounds outside. In the background, Ace is yelling and waving his arms. I'm open. I'm open. Now we see Ace in the quarterback position saying, 351, 351, Rover, sit, ha, ha. Ace then dives over the, the hedge and spikes the invisible ball and celebrates with some of the patients. That was funny. The doctor says that Larry has some uh, trouble of letting go of the game, huh? He asked Melissa if he has a history of mental illness. To which she replies, as long as I've known him. Now we're upstairs and once they get uh, to the storage room, Ace goes, Halftime! Splashes some water on his face and then slammed his head onto the onto the bench next to the water fountain. Just like that. That was funny. Yeah. Melissa says, hey, he's good there for about 20 minutes. So they go off to continue the tour. He jimmies the door with the private the placard and goes inside and immediately steps on, on bubble wrap. <laughs> and he's like, ah! And yeah. he's jumping all over. Yeah, it startles him. Aston finds a box marked Finkel. He opens it up, and we see some crochet that says, Die, Dan, Die. A box of isotoner gloves. And a journal that is filled with laces out, written all over. Then one of the uh, orderly starts to open the door, and we hear another ask, Hey, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to go clean the storage room. He says, No, you have to clean the cafeteria. He says, I don't want, I don't know what to tell you. Just do your job. Go clean the cafeteria. He says, man, you're a pain in my ass. Uh, he leaves. Meanwhile, while this is all going on, Ace is trying to hide inside this not very large box. Yeah, he's trying to shove himself and close the door in the box. It's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And when the guy leaves, he, he just extends and the box just rips apart. Flowers open. He sees a newspaper article about a missing hiker named Lois Einhorn. It says the search for the 28-year-old's body has been called off. So, meanwhile, back at the police station, Emilio is searching through Einhorn's desk and finds a note from Pedactor. It says, Dear Lois, thanks for a wonderful evening. See you Friday. Love, Roger. Mm -mm. Ooh, that's interesting. Emilio then leaves Ace a voicemail telling him about the note. Ace then struggles with, uh, what does Einhorn have to do with Finkel? He goes back and forth. Finkel, Einhorn, Einhorn, Finkel, what the Finkel, Finkel, Einhorn. And then, to crack the case... It's his dog. Lays on a picture of Ray Finkel and make it look like he has long hair. Oh, God. And that's it. That's it. That's how he figures it out. And that picture is Sean Young with a fake mustache. It's... Yes. Yeah, Ray Finkel's picture is Sean Young. It's awesome. She goes, he figured it out. They're the same person. Einhorn is a man. Ace is completely disgusted by this and starts throwing up in the toilet. He squirts toothpaste in his mouth uses a plunger on his face, and then burns his clothes. Oh, God. Well, well, crying in the shower naked. I'm getting there. He goes in the shower, and he cries. And 
This is playing in the background. It's from the crying game. You know what that movie's about, right? No, I've never, never seen it. You don't know what the crying game's about? Never seen the crying game. It's about a guy who falls in love with uh, someone that he thinks is a woman, and when they go to finally have sex, you see his dick. Oh my god. And the guy is completely devastated by this. Like, no comedy. Like, he's really, like, fucked up over it. So, like I said, he burns his clothes, goes in the shower, and he cries. We also see Jim Carrey's ass here, too, by the way. So It's a PG-13 movie. It's a bonus! You can see one ass per movie. So, now we see Ace in his car outside the police station, stuffing a shit ton of gum in his mouth as he says, Your gun is digging into my hip. God! As he follows after Einhorn. Now we are at the, the bad guy's hideout where they have Dan tied up to a tackling dummy. And Einhorn is talking to Dan and says, Kickoff time. My favorite thing. She then places the football in a ball holder, laces out, she says, and then kicks it straight through a hole in the roof. Now, Bob, when I when you saw that before, I said there was some trivia about that? Yes. That took multiple, multiple takes. And the guy, the stunt double was a, a Dolphins kicker. He made it through the hole every take. Wow. Yeah. She says that she's made some refreshments. Dan, would you like some refreshments? Dan. And then kisses him on the mouth, tongue and all. Oh, God. This this fucking lady. As she walks off, Dan then offers uh, the thugs money to let them go, but they say she's keeping them out of prison. The two assholes then lure Snowflake out and then hit, hit Snowflake with a football. Marino shakes his head in disgust. Snowflake splashes the two guys, getting them soaked. One guy then goes off to get more fish and says, Where the hell are the smelts? As Ace drops a bucket on his head and knocking them out. He says, unconscious, exactly as I planned. <laughs> the other guy finds his, his goon pal and helps him up. But Ace takes them both out with one of those heavy, duty-ass hooks that would decapitate them yeah. if it really hit them. Uh, there's actually a little trivia about that. That um, Laid on me. The giant hook that Ace used to knock out Einhorn's henchmen was originally supposed to knock their heads off. And the filmmakers <laughs> decided to use a quick cutaway. So they would survive instead. Yes, smart. Ace starts to untie Dan, and he says, he's here for the special play. Quarterback sneak. Einhorn interrupts and says, penalty, too many men on the field, as she points a gun at them. She then takes out her cell phone. Hmm? 94 cell phone. Whoa, cell phone. And Ace says, be careful with that phone, Lieutenant. In time, you could develop a tumor. She calls Aguado and tells... Tells him that she has the kidnapper and it's Ace Ventura, pet detective. All the cops leave the station and head out, as do Emilio and Melissa. Now Einhorn has Ace down on his knees and he's pleading for her not to kill him. Ace says, kill him, he held the ball, remember? <laughs> Dan tells her to kill Ace, he's the detective. On the TV, we see a kicker making a field goal. And Ace says, <clears throat> it's good to see someone who doesn't buckle under pressure. Einhorn says, what would you know about pressure? Ace says, well, I have kissed a man. Ah. They show the missed kick on the TV, and they say that it looks like a good hold. Finkel just booted it. She shouts, the laces were in! Reno's like, no, they weren't. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at Ace, she's like, nope, nope. 
She then uh, shoots the TV as Ace takes advantage of this and knocks the gun from her hand. They fight as she kicks Ace in the balls. Ace slams her head into a pipe over and over, then gives her a noogie. You like that? Then all the cops get there as Einhorn trips Ace, and he falls into Dan, who says, Having a little trouble with the lady, Ace? Ace says, You don't understand. She's a... Einhorn grabs Ace by the mouth and continues to land punches as he smashes Ace with a huge crab trap. She yells at the cops to shoot him! Shoot him! But then in walks Melissa, and she has a gun to Emilio's head. Emilio tells them not to shoot. Einhorn says that Ace kidnapped Snowflake and was... And Dan Marino and was about to kill her. Ace laughs and tells everyone about Ray Finkel, how Einhorn is Finkel, and a man. Ho, ho, ho! Fiction can be fun, but I find the reference section much more enlightening. For instance, if you were to look up professional football's all-time bonehead plays, you might read about a Miami Dolphin kicker named Ray Finkel, who missed a 26-yard field goal in the closing seconds of Super Bowl 17. What you wouldn't read about is how Ray Finkel lost his mind, was committed to a mental hospital only to escape and join the police force under the assumed identity of a missing hiker, manipulating his way to the top in a diabolical scheme to get even with Dan Marino, whom he blamed for the entire thing. What the hell are you talking about? She's not Louis Einhorn. She's Ray Finkel. She's a man. Ace says, would a real woman have to wear one of these? And Ace tries to prove it by pulling off the wig. It's not a wig. It's her hair. Boy, that's really on there. He says, would a real woman be missing one of these? As Ace rips open Einhorn's shirt, revealing her boobs. Boobs. Real boobs. He laughs and says, that kind of surgery can be done over the weekend. Then he says, but I doubt very much if he could find the time during his busy schedule... To get rid of big ol' Mr. Kanish as he rips off her skirt. Uh, no bulge. No bulge. No bulge. Ace says, oh boy. <laughs> then Dan goes, Psst, Ace, come here. Makes him look behind her. Ace then says, if she is indeed a woman, as she claims to be, then she is suffering from the worst case of hemorrhoids I have ever seen. He spins her around, revealing the tuck. Oh, God. <laughs> he says that. That's why Roger Pedactor was de- is, was dead. He found Captain Winky. Everyone starts spitting and scratching their tongue. Guess they probably <laughs> all made out with her. There's even a couple girls that do it too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So <clears throat> Einhorn charges at Ace with a piece of broken glass and yells, "Die, animal boy!" But Ace backdrops her into the water as she puts her hands on the on the ground to try to get out. Ace steps on it, takes off her AFC ring. Revealing the missing stone. That is the ring. Now Ace is driving Marino to the game. And uh, he asks Ace if he has any more gum. Ace replies, that's none of your damn business. No, thank you to stand my personal affairs. Dan, he says, you're a weird guy, Ace. Weird guy. Back at the stadium, Dan makes it back in time for the game. Ace and Melissa are kissing when Ace sees the albino pigeon. And when he goes to get it, the eagle's mascot smacks it away. Ace says, you idiot! Do you know what you've done? You just cost me 25 grand, Polly! The mascot tells Ace to blow him. So Ace punches him in the face, and they start fighting. The announcers thank Ace as he looks up and smiles as the camera freezes on Ace. 
That is Ace Ventura. Tone, put that big that ass detective. size 13 on That's and the credits kick it for roll. the homies. <laughs> So that was uh, my throat sore. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to do? Uh, some that, that brings us into review time. Do some reviews. Reviews. This movie gets a 48% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 57%. And IMDb gave it a 6.9 out of 10. Damn. Positive reviews. Critic reviews. Chris Willman of the Los Angeles Times. Playing a, a celebrated finder of missing animals, Jim Carrey's so over-energized from the start, you keep thinking he'll wear out his welcome pronto. 90 minutes later, his lunacy is still hard to take your eyes off of. I got a, a one-star one review from Amazon. Uh, it's from Stacy. One out of five stars. I hate this movie. I hate this movie. My kids love it. They talk to me out of their butt now. They keep saying, like a glove. I blame their father. Oh, God. Another positive review from, uh, from a critic, Rita Kempley of the Washington Post. A riot from start to finish. Carrie's first feature comedy is as cheerfully bawdy as it is idiotically inventive. And then I have a user review. It's also positive. Jim Carrey at his finest. Very funny movie. Sure, it will not be Oscar-worthy, but who cares when all you want is to laugh? That's right. Another negative one on Amazon. One out of five stars. Not worth a second watch. Nothing funny about this jack wagon. Crazy animal rights activist. Make this world a dirtier place for others to deal with. Not every species should be saved. You want to save a species? Try your own race. What the fuck, dude? Eric A. That's it. The idiot of the week. Yes, it is. That You're is. You're the, the idiot, idiot of the week. I actually, my other, the other idiot of the week. I, I got. I saw on the internet today. Women feels discriminated against because KFC doesn't have any meat-free options. Idiot. So, uh, negative reviews. My cri uh, first critic review, Chuck O'Leary of Fantastica Daily, an absolute torture test. <laughs> Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, Roger Ebert, fuck off. I found the movie a long, unfunny slog through an impenetrable plot. A plot? There's a, it's a mystery. User reviews, a bet by Francisco L., not even the king of slapstick comedy Jim Carrey could save this movie from being a boring, senseless, and point and, and it is pointless. It was a waste of my time. Nice. I have actually a five out of five stars. Title: Aged like fine wine in the modern era. This was uh, reviewed in this year. Ace Ventura is an amazing comedy, goofy, witty, and morally consistent. In a current year where things that should be mocked and ridiculed are accepted and promoted by the system. The only reason this movie stands out right now is comedy is dead. 
Things that should be mocked can't be because of cowardice in the face of systemic oppression of ideas. Dominic. God. Jeez, Dominic, get laid. <coughs> it's just a movie. Yeah, relax there, buddy. For crying out loud, it's just a TV show. Another five uh, star. Hilarious to this day. Really held up well. Still entertaining to watch. Some not so PC stuff, but it was the 90s. Yeah, if we started judging the 90s by everything, uh, no one would watch the movie, uh, the show Friends again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the beloved show Friends. Oh, God. That's that, it for me. I don't have any more. That's it for me, baby. Trivia time. Do it. The original concept was that the Peck Detective character was a bumbling idiot until Jim Carrey was cast and his character was rewritten. Carrey reportedly had two conditions for doing this movie. The comedy had to be as zany as physically possible, and his character, despite his quirks and uh, eccentricity, should be as, uh, should be good at what he does. Originally, Ace wasn't written to be an animal-related animal detective, but more of a generic Sherlock Holmes parody. Screenwriter Jack Bernstein came up with the pet detective idea after watching a David Letterman sketch about pet owners. Nice. And my last one, uh, we already went over. The real final score of Super Bowl on the Super Bowl in 85 was San Francisco 38 and Miami 16. <laughs> and the game footage of Ray F- uh, the Finkel was actually the Dolphins kicker from 84, uh, Von Schroeman. Nice. So, uh, well, why didn't you cry about it? To the kicker. <laughs> Alright, so uh, that's it Let's rate this sucker Let's rate this sucker So So we're doing out of five is what we're going to do Is right? that what we're doing now? I thought we were going to If we would watch this movie again and put it on the shelf or Let's do re- both Let's do we'll both. throw it in the trash We'll do both Okay So go ahead, Jay Because I gave Jaws a perfect score To me, Jaws is a perfect movie It was a great movie Perfect Filmmaking Masterpiece Yes This one eh, It's a good comedy it's entertaining. It makes me laugh. It's very quotable. So for that aspect of it, it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Okay. This movie exists. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Um, Would I go seek it out to watch it again? No, I wouldn't. I, I would not have watched this movie again yeah. if I did not have to watch That's it for fair. the show. I would. Uh, It's quotable. It's funny in times. But, you know, it's it's just there. Uh, two out of ten. I don't want to watch this movie ever again. So I will display this soon on my shelf out here. I would throw this in the trash. Yes, Bob does not like it. But hey, it's not for everybody. What are you gonna do? So with that, we're gonna play you what we're doing next. Next week's movie. I have uh, I have our socials. Follow our socials at Facebook at Flick Magnet, Twitter Flick Magnet Pod, Instagram Flick Magnet. And email flickmagnetpod at yahoo.com. Just search Flick Magnet and you'll find us. Yeah, it's not very hard. <laughs> it's not very hard at all. With that said, here's the trailer for the movie we're doing next. See ya. Thanks for listening. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. <laughs>
Michael? Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just talk. Sure, sure. sure. Mm -hmm. The only reason she babysits is to have a Halloween.